Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday matinee to you, uh, gentlemen. Steve, Andy, hello. Yeah, we're, good we're, morning. Good morning. We're, we've been here for a while <laughs> waiting for you. <laughs> we like we. I think Andy and I like knocked out like two episodes waiting for you to get here. <laughs>
I don't know why you're making fun of me. Andy was the one that was last here. He's he's well, the late one. We we were we were prepping like three episodes ahead. We're we're all set and ready to go because I think because the already ready for next. Yeah, week's well, because the, the sun's up early here, so you know you're still up in the. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to mock your environment again. I do that too often. I'm not going to lie. There is a, there is a slight chill in the air, but the sun does shine here <laughs> okay. now. So. Uh, I am all right. How's your uh, How's your movie lives? You guys, uh, see uh, yeah, I haven't now? had a chance to uh, to get out and catch uh, much in the theater, um, but I have been playing catch up. Um, you know, with uh, just some other films. Like I finally saw Happy Death Day, which I absolutely loved. Uh, finally caught up on my uh, on with Jigsaw, so I've I've caught up completely on the Saw franchise. <laughs> Yay me! <laughs> that sounds terrible. You know, is it, it's it's one of those horror franchises. I just I really enjoy watching the films. It actually is a lot of fun. So uh, that's I know that's uh, but uh, yeah. that's me. I've never I've I just uh, that that is the I think I'm learning that that is the area of horror specifically that I have trouble with. Did you? I think I'm narrowing. Did you see it down. any of them? Have you seen at least like the first I, one? I think I saw the first one, and I. Did not like it because I would largely say the f- the first couple it feel they feel different than uh, some of the later ones, which feel a little more. So you think I should see the later ones? Is no, no, no. You think I should just see I them think, all? Sure, see them uh. all. No, but the first the first <laughs> one I think the first two are the best. But um, uh, you know there are elements throughout that I still find enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's one of those franchises that I really want to. After you watch them all, I kind of, or after I watch them all, I kind of want to go back and rewatch all of them because there are elements that happen later that it's, it's like all nightly, nicely nested in kind of one uh, tight timeline and they start kind of layering over each other. It's kind of fun. Yeah. It's not my thing either, Pete. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've read about them and I, I am impressed with what could have become, you know, your typical just horror franchise where you just, you know, come up with a story to keep things going, but it, from what I understand, there's some really smart structuring and writing going on to how this whole thing has been built out. And it sounds like there was some intentional design and thought to things rather than just, you know, like Friday the 13th. Oh, well, we'll kill him. We'll find a creative way to bring him back. And then stuff happens. So I, I do respect that, but it's nothing that I want to spend those hours in that world. I've got other things that I would rather be placing myself into. There are puppies to pet. <laughs> Dogs, yes, <laughs> cats to, to snuggle. Well, I can't wait to get the Saw franchise on our list one day. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh oh. There's a there's a hard line no, on no, that. No. Andy. Okay, there you go. <laughs> At the end of the world, there uh, may be no. a set of movies that we don't. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, Andy, that that that's it. You you can do a Saw movies by minute with JJ. that would be it will be a decade a decade (laughs) of misery for him that's probably all he could handle is a minute at a time exactly yes that's the perfect way to do that for him oh my god (laughs) uh did you guys see this that uh criterion (laughs) criterion is doing a longer release of the tree of life (laughs) yeah almost an hour Oof. Oh my just goodness. stop laughing right now. Just stop. Uh, I, I did I did I not I did not it. know about that. I really I think the news just came That's out. That's right up yesterday. your alley. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because right, that, that right now on Flick Chart is sitting at the top of my list. 
That's oh, my thing. Steve. No, Malik, oh, that's dear. No, 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 that's, Steve. that's that's me. So just just stop. <laughs> Dinosaurs uh, and whispering and <laughs> let's put the camera upside down for this shot. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's right. Oh man. Good one, Andy. Good one. <laughs> oh. oh, tree of life. So cute. Uh, what do you, you know, do Pete? You guys one day, the, one uh, day, like we're yeah. gonna have a speakeasy guest who's gonna pick that, and we're gonna have to re-endure that. You know what? You know what happens when that happens? The speakeasy Andy? dies. Is the speakeasy <laughs> dies? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Our, our recording equipment just exploded. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Pete cut out his own tongue. Oh. And Steve <laughs> bailed. Steve <laughs> so I'm here. He's like, I can't take it anymore. It. That's it. I'm just, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, okay. Okay. What do you guys? So here's guys... what I saw this week because I've been slacking off. So I yeah. did a David Wayne double feature. So I had never gotten around to watch, to watching uh, Wet Hot American Summer. So it's been sort of revitalized is with some series like 10 years later and the the first day of camp uh so i sat down to watch that because i'd heard you know i mean you look at the cast and everybody was in the, this was bradley cooper's first feature length film when you look at his filmography that was the everything it was like there were a couple tv things this was his first film back in 2001 it's got yeah. everybody in it it's and I understand why people either love it or hate it. It's an it's an odd movie, but I, I I did enjoy it. And then I watched a futile and stupid gesture, which is on also on Netflix, and that is the story of the creation of the National Lampoon. And I had no mm-hmm. idea about how all these things were, you know, that so much of the original SNL cast was part of the National Lampoon, and then it gets into. You know, Animal House and Caddyshack, all that really entertaining film, very interesting structure to have uh, Martin Mull as sort of the the narrator as the older Doug Kenny and Will Forte as the young Doug Kenny. You've got Dom Hall and Gleason. I mean, huge cast in this one as well. I recommend it. It was very light, entertaining uh, film and give me a little bit of a history lesson that I did not know about. Yeah. That's awesome, but but back to Wet Hot American yeah. Summer. I I can't tell if you liked it or didn't. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I, it's not. There's so many people. This is the greatest comedy ever. No, it's not that. I, there's. It's not a style of humor that really strikes my funny bone. I appreciate it. I see the humor in moments. And there were several times when I I laughed out loud, but it's not among my top comedies. But I I don't hate it. I I get why some people may not like it because yes, yeah, some of it is just ridiculous, but that's, that's the joy of something like this. It, it's, it strikes a weird tone. It, it's doing unusual things with time. There's just, there's odd, odd things that happen in this movie that I don't know what to make of. Like they all get back from town, ta- a trip to town. And it's really weird because then they all go stand like f- with their faces up against a wall in the background. It was, you know, weird things like that that just, strike you as what what am i supposed to make of that i don't know well it's just being silly and i I can take that i like my humor with a little bit more something to it rather than just silliness but i I did enjoy it there you know i i don't know that i'm going to go through all of the whole you know series of the first day of camp and the 10 years later piece but 
I felt that it was time to sit down and watch this because it, I could say it's sort of an important film. There's a lot of people that, that started here and it, it did something unusual and unique. I don't know. Yeah, it's that's funny. like saying I've, I, I've I, got I, to see the uh, that uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre one with Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey just because they were in it. Uh, I, I've never had interest in that movie and I still refuse to watch it. Well, I mean, I don't understand why you refuse. Yeah. Okay, to. I don't refuse. <laughs> I just that's a little my bit. interest is a little strong. Okay, but there's a difference because there's nobody's saying that that was a great film. There's a lot of people that point to Wet Hot American Summer and say, "Hey, this was this is really this is something special." I don't think anybody's saying that about that Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, and it's not important just because it's the starting point. It it is a unique style of structure. It comes out of the people that did like the state and stuff. So there's sort of a school of comedy that found its footing here. And I think a lot of things developed from this. And I couldn't say that about the, you know, that Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It didn't launch like a whole different type of, of horror film. I know. I'm just being cheeky. It, it really is just one of those things, though, where the, the um, uh, I don't know. It's just even with all of that, it still has never looked good. It's never looked like an appealing film. And, and I don't know. My wife watched it and she's like, I don't know. What was special about that? It just was like any other bad comedy. So... <laughs> You know, it, it, I don't know. That's, I guess, my place for it. So I I actually am with you. I did not find anything particularly magical about it. And um, that what I like so much about it, well, I say so much, what I liked about it is that there are people that I really like today, uh, uh, comics that I really like today, Joe LaTrulio, um, Judah Friedlander, uh, like people in this thing that I find their comedy really funny and they're doing kind of wacky stuff and it's more of a nostalgic dopamine hit uh just to see where they came from and and for the same reason you know i've watched a couple of episodes of of um uh first day of camp and uh it was the same thing i like seeing individual actors doing individual things but all together it's just it's kind of a mess for me i have a hard time I, i find it sort of impenetrable um so Interesting. I, you know, Paul Rudd is, you know, I, I love the Paul Rudd story, like how this guy starts here and ends up as stinking Ant-Man. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you, you sort of need to see this as part of his, a part of the canon. So speaking of uh, of big blockbuster movies, hey, uh, do you do do we give credence to some of the early reports coming out of the premiere of Solo? Um, you know, it's so hard to gauge because I think, you know, it's the premiere. People get excited because they're at the premiere. I think there's a lot of just that positive vibe. And honestly, if you look at kind of um, the letterboxed uh, uh, ratings so far, as uh, as, as Martin uh, Tilkvist put up on our, uh, our page on Discord, um, it's pretty all over the place uh, as far as some of the, the ratings that people have put there. Um, I don't know if it's something... That's changed my personal opinion, but I do feel, I don't know, I, ever since I, I did let my little uh, inner child out of the box uh, before Force Awakens, um, I feel like as we get closer to any Star Wars movie, I just find myself getting excited. So I mean, that's where I am. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm going to, I was going to say it. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to see it. I uh, have been more excited with every um, interview that I have seen, uh, uh, you know, with the, the cast and after, especially after Donald Glover's appearance on SNL 
Uh, I'm very excited to see his Lando Calrissian. I think uh, I, I think it this could be a this could be one that I'm really going to like, especially given how I felt about some of the other uh, you know recent movies. And I know I feel like a, a total island on these in in some respects, but I'm I am still enjoying them. I'm still enjoying them. I like Star Wars. See, I'm just yeah, I I do too. I'm just cautiously optimistic. I'm not overly excited. I because I've stayed just away from everything. I I know there was a you know we changed directors, so there's you know story things got changed, lots of things rewritten. So that can work really well to help a film find its footing, but it can also be you know symptomatic of of problems. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna show up. And say, well, this is a Star Wars movie, so I have a minimum level of expectation, and then hopefully it, it thrills me. But I'm I'm prepared to be disappointed by this one. But that's the way I'd like to walk into these. Just say, well, I know where Star Wars, my, my inner child expects Star Wars to be, so I, I I don't know that it'll get there. But I'm again cautiously optimistic because I just know that at some point this franchise is going to stumble a little bit somewhere because I think there's feels like they are going to get ahead of themselves somewhere and they're going to take a step and they're going to stumble. And I, I don't know if this will be the one or if it's going to be the Obi-Wan or the Boba Fett, the little individual stories that just seems like there's, there's a machine running. And sometimes the artfulness has to take a little side seat to that because to get everything going, there's momentum and you can't stop and say, well, hold on a second. This may not be the film you know, that it needs to be yet. We need to stop things. That mm-hmm. can't happen. It's like once things get set, it's going to be what it is no matter what. Let's do trailers. All right, Steve, you you got the red band rule. Okay. Double down, man. Red band, a, or the A24 red band. A24 red band and something that's in my sweet spot for types of films that I bring. So like, that's it. I, there's no need for me to do any more trailers after this one because I hit all three areas. It's the perfect conversion. <laughs> I almost feel like because of this, Andy and I don't even get to do trailers this week. Like you just do it three times. <laughs> so this one is called Never Going Back. The story of Jesse and Angela, high school dropouts, taking a trying to take a week off to chill at the beach and everything just goes wrong. They get fired they're broke their house gets robbed rent is due this is uh first film from uh writer director augustine frizzell and to me this was just i i don't know it looks like it's got the a24 aspect which is has this certain vibe and feel of like this you know realistic you know gritty sort of look at being a teenager or a dropout and and living that type of life and you've got all this it's red band you've got all this swearing you've got girls you know just acting outrageously and crudely and they're teenagers living life and suffering the consequences of making bad choices and being challenged to maybe make something of themselves just the perfect convergence of i think everything that uh i I'm looking for in a film nowadays. It's an interesting trailer and it's a 24. So it's already on my list of films that I'm interested in watching. Um, it feels very much like um, kind of along the vibe of the Florida project where it's a, it's going to be probably an interesting and powerful story about characters that I really have a trouble liking <laughs> because, because they, uh, they're just so different uh, and, yeah, and just, they go down such road, like, vastly different roads than i would go down and 
And it's, but it's interesting to watch and it certainly makes for powerful stories. I mean, that's what, you know, Florida, the Florida project really hit me as a powerful, powerful film about mother and daughter and, uh, and kind of this, this really crappy life that they, they led uh, largely because of decisions the mother made. Um, this looks kind of like the grown up version of that little girl. And here she is now not doing any better with her own life. Um, but that being said, it, I mean, it, yeah. there's an honesty and, and, and something about this trailer that, that still catches my eye. So I, I'm excited. I think it looks like an interesting one and it's a first time film, um, that's getting a lot of praise. And I think that's always something to, uh, to look out for. Yeah. It's a, a August 3rd release date. So something there in the summer that's, uh, Maybe a little bit of a relief from all the uh, CG noise that will be out there this summer. And I, I hope it's a film that, that finds an, an audience because I think maybe, well, as you know, I've got two teenage girls and I see this being, again, another film that's something that's probably speaking to them. Uh, I, I mean, with the exception of all the drugs and drinking, just sort of the relationship between the two girls of like an honest portrayal of, of two girls being best friends and what, what that's like. I see a lot of that dynamic that's presented the film in my daughters and some of the relationships they have with their friends. And so it's that, you know, honest, realistic portrayal of what two best girlfriends, you know, do for fun and what their relationship is like. And I don't think we get that a lot. In films I, the the beat that I thought was was a real highlight for me is at the very end when she says you didn't go to the bathroom that's really unhealthy like all of this nonsense is going on around them and that becomes the most important thing in how they care for <laughs> one another. Go to the bathroom, for, yeah, it's not the same. I know. for two days not going to the bathroom. Yes, uh, yeah, I thought it, I thought it looked great. I think it's uh, this is this is a great one to add to the list. I'm I'm excited about it. I think Andy's probably right though. Like uh, it it might be hard to. To, to really fall in love with our characters here, <laughs> uh, and you know Camilla uh, Camilla Maroney was I, I didn't see it, but the daughter in Eli Roth's updated Death Wish. Did you guys see it? No, I didn't hear anything good. So I didn't hear anything no. good either. So it's no. I'm waiting for it. But it did it did crest the six uh, star rule on uh, IMDb. So hmm. you know. So there's anyway. that. I just hadn't seen these girls before, so I thought it was interesting that. Uh, they were in another movie <laughs> that I haven't seen, <laughs> so that's uh, not weird at all. Uh, Andy, what's your trailer? <laughs> so my trailer, um, I ended up picking a film. You know, I'm always up for a good thriller or horror film or, or something that uh, that just kind of gets the juices pumping. And this film uh, called Searching that uh, that. Um, is coming out soon um, looks like a really uh, interesting uh, and kind of haunting film especially as a, a parent of a daughter this is a, a story of of a father who has kind of this this um, uh, it, it looks like he's uh, his relationship with his daughter is really designed to or it just ended up being really around them talking over the computer through Skype and stuff like that. It doesn't seem like there's a real active relationship between the two of them and um, physically active. Like it, it, they, it, she doesn't seem to have a presence in his life. I don't really know uh, how that came to be. I don't know if she lives with her mother or what, but, but the way that the story plays out is, is she goes missing and he kind of freaks out and is trying to find her. And then 
the as he's working with the detective, he's kind of exploring her story and realizing how little he knows about her. And he's talking to her friends and realizing she doesn't really hang out with people. And she, he starts learning all of this stuff about her as he tries to find her. And maybe she's not really missing. Maybe she ran away. Who knows? She took out this large chunk of money. Um, so it looks like a really interesting story. And it's it's shot a lot from the point of view of smartphones and computer screens. Um, I don't know if it's completely shot that way, but certainly from the trailer, it seems to be. That's what Wikipedia says. Yeah. So I'm really, it, it just, it looks like a really interesting film. It played at uh, Sundance earlier in the year. Uh, John Cho uh, stars as the father and Deborah Messing as the detective who's trying to help him. And, um, and uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I found it to be kind of a really exciting, uh, frightening story. Um, Anish Chiganti is directing it. And uh, Tamir Bekmambakov is uh, is one of the producers. And he's somebody we've talked about with some of the trailers that he's done. So I think, I don't know, I just think it looks really interesting. And I'm kind of excited to see this one. What do you guys think? I love that John Cho is um, playing an older guy. He has such a kind of cherubic face in, uh, you know, like the ageless face uh, in the Star Trek movies that, uh, you know, it's it's nice to see him. Um, play a, a different age. Cast. It really looked like uh, they were emphasizing his forehead wrinkles. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit there, and and his well, smile did, lines. Did, but, uh, yeah, did they? Yeah, because I looked at this, I'm like, why is John Cho look like he's fifty something years yeah. old in this? When did they? I'm like, did they make him stay up for like a week straight? Uh, to yeah, make him look old and tired. Because I thought he's, I mean, he's in his forties, so he's old yeah. enough to have a teenager. Why? Why? I don't know. It looks like they just tried to make him look older. And I guess that's, you know, age is sort of a difficult thing to to play since actors, you have, you know, actors in their 20s playing high school students. So, well, that's it. I mean, he's 45 and and but looks 24. I don't know. I mean, my question for you guys is, do you think the uh, do you think the shot through cell phone perspective is is played out? Like, does that is that going to add enough to this movie to make it um, you, you know more than a missing persons episode of you know CSI well I what I like about it is it ties it, it's it's very thematically tied into the story because so many people like live their lives now through social media and through their phones and stuff um, using that as kind of the device uh, to to film the movie and to track the missing person felt kind of unique to me it's not like um chronicle which you know we're just happening we, we're jumping from phone to phone happening to watch the entire thing mm-hmm. as if somebody captured all the footage you know five years down the line and edited it all together you know i i think i felt like this had a little more of a thematic connection yeah it's it's challenging to to use this sort of visual format because in traditional storytelling it's like okay we're an audience we're just this you know we're an observer here when you get into the technology it's sort of like well am i is he talking to me am am i spying on him through his computer how am i seeing this i know i think modern family did an episode similar to this you know format i think there have been a couple other smaller films where it's all done you know on you know sort of video chat type thing so i think it's an interesting approach to take i agree with andy this is probably the right story to tell this way it just i struggle with the choices that they make and again going to chronicle of is there a logic to why we're seeing it in this specific way or is it just a a nice sort of thematic tie-in and i'm willing to let that go and say i'll i'll 
suspend disbelief and I'll do this and, and not question like where, you know, which camera on the, which laptop or the fact that how many people actually do video chat all the time versus just regular text messaging. I'll, I'll go with this. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to go out to the theater to see it because to me, this is probably the perfect format to sit and just load up on my laptop. Well, you might be right. Yeah, there. that's the yeah. truth right there. That That's the kiss of death for the yeah. theatrical release of this movie. <laughs> it was shot on stinking yeah. cell phones. Watch it on your computer. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's anyway. opening August 3rd here in the U.S. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I don't have any other information about it as far as the releases. But that's my trailer. What's yours, Pete? Mine is, yeah, you know, okay, Miss this uh, Jacob Tremblay accidentally uh, triggered the return of my inner child. Uh, and so I'm going to do the teaser for the Predator, uh, the first uh, the, the first sense of what the Predator is going to look like, uh, the movie is going to be like from director and writer Shane Black and, and uh, co-writer Fred Decker. Um, it, uh, I, I got to tell you, I got, I got pretty excited for it. Um, I didn't expect it to be as exciting as it is to me, uh, but as soon as I saw the the uh, the ship uh, reignite in space and and uh, careen down to Earth as young Tremblay is playing with the uh, who knows why he got this this piece of alien equipment in a cardboard box, but as soon as he started playing with it. Um, I, I was into it. Uh, we've got Yvonne Skrovsky, uh, Olivia Munn, Lachlan Monroe, Jacob Tremblay, Sterling K. Brown, Thomas Jane. Uh, man, it feels like Thomas Jane is everywhere right now. Uh, Boyd Holbrook, Jake Busey, Edward James Olmos, Keegan-Michael Key, and others. I, I think the cast looks great. Uh, I really liked the, uh, uh, the, the callbacks to the original uh, film, and I, I think uh, I, th- I have a feeling I'm going to like this one. What do you guys think? I, uh, you know, other than the first Predator film, I've never been thrilled with the, the rest of them. Um, there are fun elements in some of the other ones, certainly. And, uh, you know, the Alien versus Predator films, I think, are designed to just be kind of uh, silly action nonsense. And I think they accomplish that pretty well. Um, this film, you know, I, I think I was excited about it initially because Shane Black is doing it and, you know, he had been in the original Predator. So I, I kind of just liked that through line that he has with this franchise. Um I, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I can't say the trailer did anything for me, which kind of disappointed me. And I'm hoping that the film, when uh, when it actually comes out or when we see a subsequent trailer, that it's something that, that grabs me a little more. I mean, I think they're doing a good job, I guess, just teasing, um, you know, with this uh, as far as it being a teaser um, because you don't really get a lot of Predator in it. And so I'm hoping... I, I don't know. I guess I just hope the film's going to be more because right now, as a tease, this made me go, oh, oh, okay. Well, I'm not that excited anymore. Well, it's got to ask you the teaser is, is, you know, are you excited by the nostalgia play of it? I think. And, and for me, I really am. Oh, yeah. I think you, if you're going to have a, a Predator movie, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to appeal to, you know, the fans of the franchise or the original film and so you've got to play up that part but this is this is shane black and you you know i think there's one little scene that gives me a little bit of that sense of shame shane black in the teaser i of course i didn't see any christmas stuff so i i know we're we'll have to get that in there somewhere but as a director you know the the nice guys and kiss kiss bang bang iron man 3 i know the guy knows how to deliver a movie that's going to entertain so i 
damn you, Pete, for making me watch this because I didn't want to see one of those. It's, it's a teaser. <laughs> it's a teaser, so I can I can let it go. So I'm like, it didn't give way too much. Uh, it, I, so I'm fine with that. I, it gave me everything that I would ex- was going to expect out of a, a Predator film. I got to see some bits of the creature. I got some action. So yeah, I'm totally on board with this one. I'm very, very excited. And it drops September 14th, 2018 in the United States. Uh, it looks like it's it's pretty much starts its run in Australia September 13th and uh, rolls uh, you know, rolls around the world after that. So uh, there you go, Predator. Let's do lists. All right, let's do it. So for our uh, lists this week, we talked about About Time. And uh, we put up a poll over on Discord, and the option that uh, everybody chose for us to chat about with our lists is romantic comedies with sci-fi elements. Uh, so who's going to kick that off? Well, A24 rule, I think, uh, carries. So that would be Steve. <laughs> A24 slash Red Band slash... Slash Red Band trailer. dominates the entire episode. <laughs> But I don't. I. I. Here's the thing: is I don't have an A24 film on the list, and I don't have a red All right. <laughs> trailer. For the, no. Okay. So I. I guess I'll go easy on you guys going first because I have. I have quite a few backups, and I don't want to steal anything. And so I'm going to start off with something that I'm pretty sure neither of you have seen. And this is a film that sort of lingered on Netflix for a long time. Uh, I checked to see if it's still available there. It's not available anywhere, and I hate that this happens with these smaller films. I go to the justwatch.com, which should tell me if it's like available streaming anywhere for digital purchase or rent. There's nothing. You can't get this film anywhere, which is a shame. This is from 2009. It's called Timer. And it's sort of a lighter version of what could have been maybe a Black Mirror episode. But the, the concept is that in the near future, you can get a, a wrist implant that counts down to the time when you will meet your soulmate. So some people have a little countdown timer that says, oh, it's like, you know, three months away. Others, it's like, you know, 15 or, or 20 years. And so our main character, Una, who's played by Emma Caulfield, uh, is out on, you know, has been dating this guy for a while. They decide to go get their implants. He his gets implanted. He's got like 40 days. Hers, like, no, nothing. There's there's no countdown. So she has no idea how long she has until she meets her soulmate, because her soulmate hasn't gotten one of these little implanted you know countdown timers so the whole sci-fi element of it is this whole countdown timer of, of meeting your soulmate but it film gets into the idea of how people react to that she's got a sister that's got like 15 years so she, her whole life is like a series of like one night stand she's gonna live it up and get the most out of her life until she meets the soulmate other people like oh i've got four months so i don't want to get involved in anything messy i don't want to you know have any you know baggage or anything going into this relationship so it's a very interesting exploration of how people make decisions uh so traditional romantic comedy but with this concept of the 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 timer piece to it i've never heard of that never even heard of it (laughs) it sounds really cool though i love the conceit and so it's uh a film i'll have to i'll have to check out you can't. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'll have to. <laughs> you I wonder, but I wonder if it's something that like a library has a copy of, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, it, it may. And, it, you know, it's a, it's a small little film and it does, you know, it works really well knowing that, you know, you're going to add sci-fi, but, you know, not really. I mean, the really, you know, there's not a lot of special effects to this or anything, but it's just this, this concept. And, you know, small cast, it's one of those nice little, you know, Back in the blockbuster days, you know, straight to video type of discoveries where you'd be like, wow, this this was better than I thought it was going to be. 
Huh. All right. So that's that's my freebie. <laughs> so before I start stealing stuff off your list, you. <laughs> All right, Andy, what do you got? Well, I'm going to go with a, a film that, um, uh, you know, it, it very easily could have fit on our current series uh, of time travel films. Um, my struggle with it is I can't remember how funny it is. <laughs> So I don't know if it is really a romantic comedy. I do remember some elements of of that made me laugh in the film, but I, I don't I don't know if it's more of a romance sci-fi. And even the sci-fi element is very just they talk about it. It's not necessarily like, hey, check this cool time machine out. Oh man, this is a steal. But it's it's I really enjoyed this film. Um it was the two thousand film that Brad Anderson directed called Happy Accidents <gasps> with Marissa Tomei and <sighs> Vincent D'Onofrio. Um I just I remember I, I saw this in the theater. It was one of those movies that I I I thought looked interesting, and so um, my wife and I went and caught it in the theater. And we're like, "Wow, what a, a refreshing film to see!" Uh, just something we didn't know anything about, and just had an absolute great time with. Um, it's about a you know Marissa Tomei is uh, she has this terrible string of relationships, and she meets this guy, and they fall in love, but then she's kind of like something about him seems odd. And he reveals that, in fact, he is uh, from the year 2470. So this, you know, she's like, okay, another weird one. But she wants to stick with him. And it it just is this great story. This like this romance uh, story between these two characters. um, And this 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 perplexing question, is he really from the future? Or is that just some is he just insane? And uh, so to that end, the sci-fi element is a little, uh, it's more just, uh, you know, is it time travel or is he crazy? Who knows? But it's a really great movie and I definitely recommend checking it out. Happy accidents. It's nice. It's not a steal. I've never seen oh. it. And now uh, I'll put it on the list. I love that you thought it was though. So now I'm really curious. What, what you... <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but my uh, first film is uh, a film that I would have started describing the exact same way. Uh, it's uh, actually the 2012 film Safety Not Guaranteed. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's one of those movies that I wanted to be funnier and more uh, romantic. And I felt like the romance part was the one of the, the poorest elements of the film. This is uh, about the, uh, the romance between Aubrey Plaza and Mark Duplass. Both people I love very much in their movies. And I just wanted this to be more. I think it's because I had invested uh, in the story, the idea of this uh, central protagonist who has written this uh, uh, note in a uh, classified ads, you know, somebody to go back in time with me. This is not a joke. I heard the story, uh, like the original story on uh, This American Life, and uh, I, I thought it was just uh, fascinating. And uh, and so I was very excited to see this movie, and I think it just it just felt a little bit uh, empty in the end. Uh, but Aubrey Plaza, Jeff Garland, Mark Duplass, Marilyn Raskob, I mean, it's just, it, it's a wonderful cast. And, and I feel like I, I need to check it out again because the conceit is, is really very funny. And, um, um, so there you go. Safety, not guaranteed. That, that was one of my backups. That's uh yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that one, Pete. I wanted it to be much more than it was. It delivered in some ways. Um, you know, particularly the end, I'm like, wh- how how are they going to, th- how do you wrap this up? How do you, what's the payoff yeah. for this? And where do you go with that? But yeah, the, I mean, the whole like, sort of like training that he takes her through. I mean, there's yeah. such, there, there, there are great moments like that, but yeah, there are just some pieces where I 
didn't quite come together to make it a film where I'd be like, oh gosh, this is this is a classic. This one I can easily just put on and enjoy, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it 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 sort of stumbles a little bit. But it, if if you haven't seen it, it is worth worth checking out. I Absolutely, yeah, and I it, it, yeah. directed by Colin Trevorrow. I mean, if if you yeah. like anything else he's done, you got to see where he's yeah. uh, some of this back catalog stuff. Exactly, it's on my list to yeah. see one day. I just haven't gotten around to it, and and I don't okay. know if you guys sold mm. sold me on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it's not on your wet hot American summer that's right to see list. <laughs> All right, what's your next pick, Steve? Okay, um, this is the one with the magic mailbox. You guys know what I'm talking about? I oh, magic the lake house. Mailbox. Oh, the, the lake yeah. the lake house. 2006. Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock. They were living in the same house, but two years apart. They were able to correspond with each other through the mailbox. So. He's living in the house in like 2004 and she's living there 2006. And uh, yeah, they, they correspond through the, the magic uh, mailbox. So we've got a little bit of time time travel twist going on through the, the magic mailbox. But it's, you know, the, you know, you re- reunite Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. And it, it's OK, it's more of a romantic, maybe drama as you get toward towards the end. But the whole uh, conceit of them living in the same house in the in the mailbox and some of sort of the the cause and effect consequences because when she moves into the house she talks about the uh the dog footprints we're already here and he's like the dog footprints what's going on and as you know he's getting the house cleaned up and painting then the dog comes you know walking through leaving the footprints so you start to see you know sort of the cause and effect across time with that it's you know sort of light fun uh before you get to you know heavier deeper stuff towards the end of the film but uh, there's there's sort of my you know romantic film with the the time twist with the big names you're not really selling it either <laughs> what you guys haven't seen it it's I a remake of a it. korean film no. remake of a korean film yeah no it's a it's a lot of fun because he is able to because since he's there in 2004 she's in 2006 things that she talks about she's able to tell him things uh, that are that are going to happen. He's uh, there's there's a great moment where because he, he's an architect, so he get, take walks her through like a virtual tour of the city of uh, Chicago. And I guess maybe because of, you know I grew up in the you know the suburbs of Chicago, I've got a little bit of nostalgia for for that. But it's just a really cute film about you know you've got a romantic story where they don't actually have a lot of scenes together with each other. So it's a lot of them carrying scenes by themselves. And so you need some, some actors that can pull that off. Uh, and there is a, there is a interesting moment spoilers here uh, where in 2004, he actually, she mentions about like a being in the area at the time. So she is in an apartment house with like her boyfriend at the time doing a, uh, they're having like an open house. They've just moved in with each other together. And he, sort of shows up and he knows her, but it's, since it's in 2004 and she hasn't been to the, she hasn't, you know, encountered him yet. She doesn't know who he is. So it sort of plays with those, those dynamics. So it's very entertaining, fun. If you like Keanu Reeves, if you like Sandra Bullock, I highly recommend it. I really enjoyed that film. Um, I'd have a hard time calling it sci-fi. I'd call it fantasy, but it still was an enjoyable film to that end. A film I just watched that has a very similar uh, idea is is the uh, anime film Your Name. So that's another one worth checking out. Okay. Well, my next one. <sighs> this is a. I, I I have a hard time calling this a romantic comedy. Um, 
but there's romance and there's comedy and there's and there's there's sci-fi it's really more of a sci-fi action adventure comedy i would say (laughs) that happens to have uh, romance in it but but it's a film that it's I, i don't know i haven't seen it in a very long time but boy did i love it at the time and i watched it a ton when it came out in the late 80s it is the uh, the shrink them down and and inject them into your body comedy inner space with uh, Dennis Quaid and Martin Short and of course Meg Ryan. <laughs> um, this is that period when Dennis Quaid and yeah. Meg Ryan uh, they were like a movie thing and anything they did I was and I just enjoyed seeing. They had a great screen presence together. It's a shame that their marriage didn't uh, didn't survive, but I sure loved watching them on screen. And uh, and this was just such a fil- fun film. I mean, everything that happened in it was a delight. The special effects uh, were really top notch for the time. And, uh, you know, it just has some really funny stuff in it. Um, and, you know, it's uh, it's a film that's always stuck with me. I am I, nervous about rewatching it, but I think it would be a fun one to just revisit and see how it holds up. So that's my next one. Inner Space. <laughs> Okay, I I give you inner space. I <laughs> I had always thought it was a guilty pleasure, and that I was never to speak of it again. But now that you, <laughs> oh, I don't think no, it's that bad. No, that's it. a, it's not no, that bad. Growing okay, up, no, growing up in the eighties, you had to love this film. It had so yeah. many things going for. I mean, this was uh, like I think Spielberg was yeah. the producer on this. Joe Dante. I mean, yeah, with, yeah. I had everything that was in that sweet spot of the the 80s yeah no this is not a guilty pleasure this is just i was i was a kid in the 80s and this was a film that was like totally marketed straight at right right, exactly that's it well my second film i think fits uh maybe in that category um it, it is the film that actually you know it's for those who wonder if winona Ryder was any in anything before uh stranger things uh, it is the 1990 uh, American romantic dark fantasy film from Tim Burton, Edward Scissorhands. Uh, I, I I feel like this, I don't know, it may have been a Steve Steele because it certainly nails the teenage angst uh, uh, story. <laughs> uh, but I really liked this. I really enjoyed uh, My memory of it is very, very uh, strong. It is um, a, a fun story of... Uh, that that melds coming of age with teenage angst with uh you know the Johnny Depp's character of Edward Scissorhands uh you know uh, dealing with that um you know the the sort of teenage growth era of or, or the period where you just you, you want to bring people close but you can't and Tim Burton sure knows how to put these kinds of concepts like right on its wear it right on its sleeves this movie and so I uh but but I uh, always have a, a very soft spot in my heart for this movie Johnny Depp Winona Ryder Diane Weist Anthony Michael Hall Kathy Baker Vincent Price Alan Arkin come on and of course a score from Danny Elfman um that that is really great so Edward Scissorhands there you go one of Danny Elfman's oh, yeah, best this, scores yeah, yeah oh really yes, by I, far. Now, this was the film that will forever be, you know, scarred me for what the heck happened to that little kid from the breakfast club? When did he turn into this huge beast of a man? <laughs> right. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the power of hormones. I was like, what? Anthony yeah. Michael Hall turned into like the big football bully. I was like, no, what? no, that 
that can't be. That's like the greatest special effects ever. How did they turn him into that guy? That's hilarious. (laughs) But this, no, this is a, this is a, it's a classic in our, in our household. So yes, happy to see it on this list. Again, it's more of a fantasy. I have a hard time putting this in the sci-fi camp, but, uh, and it's funny. It's a film that, um, I know a lot of people love, but I, for me, I put it into the big fish category of Tim Burton films that uh, a film that a lot more people love than I do. <laughs> I love big fish. I know you love Shut both up. of them. You can, ha- you can have oh, them both. Me too. Yes. Yes. Pete, you and me. There <laughs> you we guys go. can That's have it. a love fest with those movies. That's right. Oh, Andy, Andy, Andy. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Uh, <laughs> all right, Steve, what's next? Okay. So. Since no one's talked about this one, this is this is my pick that has connections to both films that you guys have done in your series so far. So we've got we've got we've got a loop where we've got time travel loops going on with a person visiting early versions of of himself and other people. And it also stars Rachel McAdams. So there you go. We're talking 2009's The Time Traveler's Wife, Eric Bana, Rachel McAdams, based on the novel. Man can't control his time travel, and he's all over the place and gets sucked out of his life into different points along the timeline. Uh, And it it plays with those loops, I think, really, really well. Comedy, yeah, I'm probably pushing there. There's some comic moments, but it's really more of a a serious romantic drama uh, talking about, you know, hit how to have a relationship when you've got someone that, that is just absent so much of the time. Uh, but a story that works really, really well. Haven't read the novel. One of those ones where I, I I'm content to just enjoy the movie and actually had seen, there was a series, a television series called journeyman that actually tried to take this concept and turn it into a much longer story that I think made it through most of a season before being canceled. Uh, but it's a, to me, a very interesting, uh, concept on time travel where you don't have machines. You've just got a person who genetically can time travel similar to in, in about time, but having a little bit less control over that and the consequences of that. I never watched this one. I know we were chatting about, uh, you know, Rachel McAdams trilogy, uh, in our show, but, um, but I never saw this one. I, it was one that, um, I don't know, I guess I was never really drawn to, uh, but, um, uh, it's, it's one that, you know, maybe I'll watch one of these days. Sit down with the wife and watch it. You guys all have a good Well, time. the thing is, I think she watched it and I don't think she liked it. So I don't think it's something that I would ever end up <gasps> oh, putting okay. on. Okay. Well, that's too bad. Did you see it, Pete? Then wait till your daughter's old. Wait till uh, your daughter's no. older, watch it with her, and then explain that this is a bad boyfriend because he keeps leaving. Time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I haven't uh, I haven't seen it, but it was one of those where my wife read the book and uh, has not been interested in seeing the movie. So, you know, what are you going to so do? There it is. And yeah. I don't want to I don't want to watch it by myself. That's just weird. <laughs> we, we watch a lot of movies by ourselves, Pete. <laughs> but not that movie, Andy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. okay. What's your what's your third pick? So my third pick, I'm going to go with, um, you know, again, I, I feel like I'm cheating largely on my list because I really struggled finding anything that I classified as a romantic comedy that just happened to have some sci-fi elements. So this one is is pretty much straight up uh, sci-fi adventure family animation 
but there's romance and I think it's a very sweet romance and it is the 2008 Pixar film Wally that um is also funny. I I really really um enjoyed this film. I found that Pixar did some uh some magical stuff with this this story that largely has no speaking in it for a huge chunk of the film. Um just these cute noises that uh Wally and Eve end up making. Um, and the, the journey that Wally's character takes over the course of the film and, uh, as, as Eve kind of, uh, finds this, uh, this love that she ends up having for him, I just found so magical. And, um, I know that some people had some issues with the way that it ended and, or kind of just the, the last half of the film, as you kind of get into the humans and these big blobby humans, um, it, it wasn't something that I, I, I thought was as strong, but the more I've watched this film, the more I've grown uh, to find that it's just something special that Pixar did. So, uh, so that's my uh, final pick as uh, Wally. I like that movie. It's so good. I like I the give, first I part give of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I like the first part. Oh, it's, it's the whole thing is yeah. good. I don't know. It's grown on me so no. much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that's uh, I guess that's me. Um, and I here's one that that actually legitimately may be a, a guilty pleasure. Um, it is the 1992 film Prelude to a Kiss. Have you seen this movie? No, I didn't even know Prelude it was sci-fi. Yes. Oh, Alec Baldwin and Meg Ryan. Yeah, it's right? a, yeah. yeah, it's a body switching yeah, movie. A body switching movie. So yeah, Andy will so classify that as yes, fantasy. Exactly. It's fantasy. Doesn't yeah, fit. so I failed on yes. all of my uh, all of my tests. Uh, it, but it is a, a body switching movie. It was based on the uh, it was a film written by Craig Lucas, based on his play directed by Norman Renee, and it is a story of uh, this couple that falls in love, uh, Meg Ryan and Alec Baldwin, uh, and she switches bodies with an old man, and the old man is played by Sidney Walker, uh, who. Is great in this movie. I really like him, and he's very cool because he actually reprised his role as the old man that he played when the the play premiered in Berkeley, and uh, I think it was Berkeley anyway, somewhere in California. And um, uh, it's got a, a fantastic, uh, a fantastic cast. Uh, beyond you know Meg Ryan and Alec Baldwin, Kathy Bates is in this one uh, also. Ned Beatty, Patty Duke. Richard Real, Stanley Tucci, um, it's it's a great cast, and it's a just a little bit lightweight. But if you're a fan of Meg Ryan and very young Alec Baldwin, uh, this this might be a film you'd enjoy. It it does not crest the six star IMDb rule, which is disappointing because in my head it should. Uh, so that gives me pause about watching it again. But the soundtrack is really great. I always, I, I remember as a teenager listening to the soundtrack a lot. It's, it's very good. So there yeah, you go. it's one of those films I remember seeing, but just for whatever reason, just never got back around to watching again. So I, I yeah, I, it may be guilty pleasure. It may, I, yeah, I don't remember because it's not. Yeah, it's I'd say lightweight. Uh, it's probably one that yeah, I'd be interested in revisiting and see how how it ages. But it's one that, yeah, I remember seeing. I may have even seen it in the theater. And, uh, you know, because it was the early 90s. How could you not be a yeah. fan of Meg Ryan at the time? You know, well, it was like Meg Ryan exactly was in something. It. I was pretty much showing up to see what what she was doing. So, yeah, I remember enjoying it. Uh, but, yeah, it's, 
I'll put it on my maybe I'll get around to it list. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. kind of where it is for me too. Yeah. But I I enjoyed it. I think it's it's sweet and, and you know for me since I've seen it, I'm probably going to leave it there uh, and just go ahead and and indulge in my memory of it and the soundtrack. Sure. So there you yeah. go. There you go. Nice list. I, I feel like it, it is exactly a nice list with as many films on here as I'm I'm a little bit sheepish to say that I, that, <laughs> that I love, but I'm certainly going to go check out Timer uh, and Happy Accidents now that I know that that wasn't a steal. Well done, gents. Yeah, I think we did uh, surprisingly uh, no steals, right? Yeah, well, we're in the romantic comedy zone, which I think, you know, it doesn't get a lot of play on the in a lot of areas on the, you know, on the show. So delving into some areas, maybe uncomfortable for some people like Pete, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, this is it. I mean, when you talk about Meg Ryan and you talk about romantic comedies, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, that is a series you could easily do that. I would be all on board with because there are so many that I just enjoyed so much, you know, in the, 90s maybe even into the early 2000s i'd have to look at the the years on that but yeah there's there's so much it's just to me those are it's just movies it's just light fun to sit down and kick back and just go with it and that's what i was hoping to see out of our, our list here and i think that's we we got a good mix of that stuff so well certainly some new ones to check out standing yeah yep Yep. Excellent. What do we do? What do we do next? Based on the show, uh, we did determine the list already. Um, it was, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Now I'm forgetting. Environmental catastrophes, Mean Matt Damon, and Daddy Issues. <laughs> oh, me- if, see, if Mean Matt Damon doesn't make the cut, I think that's just the series you guys do on the main well, show. Well, just, just to be clear, it's Mean Matt Damon, um, but we opened it up where it's any film where you have an actor who generally is somebody you, who you're you really rooting for in films who then plays yeah. uh, a bad character in a film. Okay, yeah. Because I think Mean Matt Damon would be a fairly hard and short list to put together. <laughs> Yes. I think there are exactly three this movies that we can put together <laughs> with that, and all of us would just talk about those movies. Exactly. So, so that's the list right. uh, for next week: Interstellar, and those are the options. We'll have the poll up sometime soon. On, uh, in fact, I can probably get it up uh, today uh, for everybody, and uh, that we can get people starting the votes. Out. All right. Standing. Yep. Outstanding. All right. Well, this is a, a good talk, Jens. What's what is the next thing you're going to watch on your list? My daughter and I have been, uh, we started Iron Man. Uh, I know I just watched it recently, but then she's just like, I want to watch it now because we went to see Infinity War and now she wants to see everything. And so um, so we we made it through half of that the other night and we got to finish that sometime this morning. And then I've got to block some time out to watch Interstellar. It's going to be, it's a beastly film to uh, to sit down and watch. So, But my wife hasn't seen it. That so, is the truth. So she's finally going to get to uh, suffer through with me. Andy, now come on. You can't start it like that. You just can't. <laughs> I'm I'm actually not saying much to her. I'm going to let her uh, see what she thinks. Okay. And I'm really curious to revisit it and um, get her perspective as well. Yeah, see, and Andy's version of hell is being locked in a room, being forced to watch Tree of Life and Interstellar back to back over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? Exactly. Where I'm like, yeah, just, that, that's that's a weekend for me. That's fun. <laughs> that's like Saturday night. That's right. Uh, Steve, what's next? Uh, we're gearing up for grad. We got a graduation party coming up. So it's like all hands on deck for all kinds of things. Family coming into town. So the movie 
watching is low priority at this time. So I'll, I'll sneak some stuff on TV, maybe here or there uh, if I can. But yeah, I'm not expecting I'm going to have a two hour uninterrupted block of time to sit down to focus on anything. So, well, congratulations on the graduation party. That's exciting. Yeah. That is very exciting. It just it just makes me feel old. That's all it does. Oh, you are old, man. You are old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, table stakes, man. Table stakes. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for Good downloading and listening to the show. And thank you very much to all of our Patreon subscribers for, for helping us do uh, this and make all of this possible. We sure appreciate you and your time and attention. And uh, go watch some movies, everybody. We'll see you, uh, see you in Discord. Thanks, Ciao. guys. Steve. What? You got to say it or it didn't happen. (laughs) Hondo. Thank you. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.